Welcome back to the official Slow Smoked Trevor Lawrence Appreciation. I'm your host, Alex. We got Holt somewhere out there and no JV, but I think we can do do this one without him. Okay. Holt, how you been? I've been good, man. Um, it's just a shame that JB had better stuff to do than I uh, do a podcast with us. It's kind of sad. Well, we always knew he – we always would hope that he would be doing bigger and better things one day. I just didn't think it was going to be at the expense of this great podcast. Yeah, well, you know what? When you do a podcast with the Tanner King of Memphis, sometimes uh, he's going to have other plans and he won't be able to fit you in. Tanner King of Memphis is going to Tanner King of Memphis. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Hey, for lucky for us, we're we're not tender kings of anything. We're just little peasants out here, so we can talk about SEC football just like everybody wanted. That's right. So, national championship game, Holt. Uh, was it was it an actual game or was it just like an ass whooping by a non-SEC team? Yeah, I mean it was uh, definitely unexpected um, to say the least. Um, I think the score. Maybe a little bit uh, doesn't tell the whole story. Alabama was able to move the ball, you know, pretty well for most of the game. They just, uh, you know, once they got down to the red zone, they just uh, they couldn't get it in. Um, Clemson's defense tightened up, and uh, that was the difference in the game, I think, was uh, one team was able to convert in the red zone and the touchdowns, and that team wasn't. You know, everybody talks about Trevor Lawrence, and he was obviously awesome. And uh, what surprises me, I mean, people do talk about the Clemson defense here shutting down Alabama, but what surprises me out of all of this is that nobody's talking about Venerables as a head coach. They were last year uh, because there's more jobs maybe, but um, I think he's really the true MVP of this game, uh, calling a great defense against Alabama, just making Tua uncomfortable the entire game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, his name gets gets brought up from time to time, but it's kind of a well-known fact at this point that he's kind of uh... – on the Kirby smart uh, plan here where he's, he's not going to leave unless he gets that big time elite head coaching type job. Um, you know, his alma mater Kansas state was open this year and I didn't even hear even a little bit of interest. Um, you know, I think Kansas state was interested, but I don't think he was interested. Um, I just think that he's in a really good place right now. He knows that Clemson's recruiting really well and um he he's got everything exactly the way he wants it there, and I just don't think he's going to leave unless he gets like that perfect uh, head coaching job. You know, um, if I was a top ten, top twenty football program, um, I would definitely consider him. Um, I just think, I mean, I don't. I guess you can't just say you know because Kirby Smart was great at Georgia, has been good at Georgia, that Venables is going to be just like him. But you know, I think there's something to be said about a coordinator that's been on a successful head coach's staff for a long time like him so I just think there's there's something that he's absorbing there that is going to you know rub off of him whenever he does decide to leave because I'm, I'm assuming at one point or another he will back leave Clemson whether that's you know to coach Clemson if Dabo ever retires but Dabo's still young which is the scary part of all of this by the way um, Dabo's this is second national championship but he's only 54, I think, 53, 54, which is relatively young in head coaching. In comparison, Nick Saban's, what, like 64, 65? So um, the big question after this game hold is, is Clemson going to do this whole thing again next year and maybe the year after that? Because uh, Trevor Lawrence has got two more years there. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, those receivers are back too. Um, and Etienne. Right. 
So uh, this, they're definitely set at the skill positions on offense. Um, however, they do lose a lot on the defensive line. Uh, they're not going to be quite as dominant um, going forward as they have been the last year or two. So uh, that's definitely something to watch out for. I think they lose a couple of guys on the offensive line as well. So at skill positions, you know, they're definitely going to be fine. And, uh, you know, but on the lines of scrimmage, you know, I, there's just some question marks there. Not saying that I don't think they're going to be right back in the national championship again next year because I would definitely pick them right now. But, you know, just something to, to think about. Um, you know, a lot of times people just look at, like, the skill position players on offense, and if they're coming back, then they must be awesome next year. But it doesn't always work out like that. You know, they interviewed Trevor Lawrence after the after the game. And they asked him, you know, do you want to – do you think you'll – be back here next year. How many championships you're gonna win here at Clemson? Like, oh, hopefully three more. And I was like, man, do not act like you're gonna be here past your junior year. Because um, I think JB mentioned it the other day, and I, I was thinking this before he even said it. Um, but like JB does like to talk for all of us sometimes. But I think Trevor probably the best quarterback coming out of college since who Holt. Wow, uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah, that's the that's the first one I can think of. The first one that like. Everybody just knows he's going to be a number one pick. You know, it's crazy, though. You know, we are talking about this Trevor Lawrence, like, saying he's going to win three more national championships there. He wants to win three more at Clemson. Um, the crazy thing about him going to come out as a junior, but Andrew Luck stayed his, through his senior year, and he definitely could have came out as a number one pick as at his after his junior year, but he decided to stay, which was very surprising to me. So maybe uh, Trevor Lawrence will be on that route. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as much as I hate to say it uh... – you look at a lot of quarterbacks who have had success in the NFL, and they are guys who came back for their senior year. I don't know if that's just a coincidence or, or not, but it seems like a lot of guys who come back for their senior year um, end up, you know, it ends up paying out, paying off for them. Um, I don't know if it's just a little bit of extra seasoning and they're just a little bit more ready for the NFL or, or what it is. But for some reason, the guys who hang around to their, you know, through their senior year end up doing better in the NFL. My least favorite takes after this game is okay Clemson Clemson's the new dynasty they're the new favorite um Alabama's in the past um this is one game they lost and now it's two and two with Clemson and Alabama um and on top of that uh Clemson should be probably the favorite coming back but Alabama next year is I think going to be even better than this year and they were besides the Georgia game and the Clemson game, were unstoppable. So, I, I don't know, man. I just – I think it's going to be fun next year. Unfortunately, there's not going to be too much um, diversity in the college football top five, I don't think, or maybe even the top ten with, you know, Clemson, Alabama is supposed to be good. Georgia's probably going to be pretty good, although Georgia has had a lot of uh, shakeups. But um, Ohio State's going to be good. Notre Dame's probably going to be good again. But Alabama returns all their skill players on offense. Two is coming back, Najee Harris. Um their receivers, Waddle and uh, Judy, are coming back. Defense is coming back, though, right? I mean, they're losing some guys, but, like, their recruiting still great. I mean, they're number one recruiting class this year. I think they're number one recruiting class last year, number two or three. So, I just don't think Alabama's going anywhere, as in they're not going to be not in the playoffs next year, I don't think. Right. And Raekwon Davis announced that he's coming back for his senior year. Um, I do think Kenny Williams is going to be gone. But uh, they do return most of their defense. That secondary was really young. And um, really didn't hurt him until, obviously, you know, Monday night. But, um, you know, there are definitely some really talented guys, and they're bringing in this class right now may even be Nick Saban's best one, as scary as that is. 
Um, as old as he is. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just a machine. I don't know what else to say. Like, I I don't know, but I mean, I agree with you. I don't think this game was Clemson passing Alabama as far as like the best program in college football, but I definitely think that uh, this is is definitely two teams and everybody else right now. Um, without a doubt. I do think they're on Alabama's level. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and act like I think Clemson is a better program right now than Alabama. But, you know, I definitely think that now they're on the same, you know, level playing field here. They're, you know, I guess in the – well, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But basically they're like the two best teams in college football and uh, everyone else is chasing them. They're, They're good as fuck. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I, I, I don't think it's clear-cut that Alabama is a better program than Clemson now. I think over, you know, they had the national championship appearance where they almost beat Alabama, and Alabama was really fortunate to win. And they come back the next year, and they beat Alabama. And then, you know, last year they get blown out, and then this year they blow out Alabama. So, I mean, it's been kind of, you know, over the course of the last four years, it's been like dead even. If you look at their records, they're dead even, um, you know, uh, Clemson recruits not quite as well as Alabama, but still really well. And, um, you know, it definitely helps being in the ACC, I think. I think a big, big, big difference uh, between Clemson and Alabama is obviously Alabama recruits better than anybody. But what Clemson does well is they recruit well at the skill positions and it shows with Trevor Lawrence and the receivers and running backs and um, other skill positions. I don't know what other skill positions are besides, I guess, the defensive skill positions, maybe quarterback, I don't know. But um, they, they recruit well in skill positions and it shows up. And those are ones, I wouldn't say they matter the most, but um, it's just a different style of recruiting. And it's somewhere where you can really, uh, you know, beat teams, regardless if, if you're like five or six levels or five or six classes ranking points or whatever you call it behind Alabama they're still because I don't think Clemson's ever had number one or two classes they've always had top 10 classes but they yeah well at the uh, skill position so that's what I'm trying to say and uh, they've developed really well too it isn't just recruiting at a high level you know you see guys like Hunter Renfro you know former walk-on come in and contribute I mean they they don't just recruit you know really highly ranked players they also know how to develop the guys they get that aren't highly recruited so it's uh just They've really got it down. Dabo really knows what he's doing. Um, I don't really know what, how else to put it. I mean, he's just done an outstanding job. Yeah, uh, the last uh, – I think is this the third third or fourth championship for the playoff? I think it might be the fourth now. I think 2014 was the first year, so As that's five. So, out of the five championships, is this the biggest letdown or the, like, least exciting game? Um. Man, I have to go back through them in my head now. The first one was Ohio State-Oregon, which was yeah. a decent decent game, but Ohio State pretty much controlled it for most of the game. Um, second you know what's year. crazy is the, even though Ohio State and Oregon play each other, it's just like I don't relate to them as much because they're not near us. We don't see – I mean, you see Ohio State fans everywhere, I guess, but Oregon fans you don't always see. And it's just not like – you need like a – not necessarily an SEC team, but a team in the South that's relatively close where you see their fans around you to be like a little bit more excited, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, that wasn't, like, a super exciting game, um, even for people who aren't in the southeastern part of the country. What I would but, say, um, what I would say to cut you off here, is the um, the Ohio State-Alabama semifinal game was one of the best games in the entire playoffs since playoff era. Right. And, I mean, anytime – I feel like anytime Alabama loses, it's a big game. Yeah. Um, it's just a big deal. 
um, just because they've been so good and they hardly ever lose. But, uh, yeah, that was a really exciting game. Ohio State, you know, had their Thurston quarterback. But, um, you know, it was that was definitely a great game. Zico Elliott had like 250 rushing yards or something. Yeah, so let me let me run it through with you real quick. Yeah, it was a good game, and that that's one that I was watching, and uh, that was like one of the first times I really couldn't believe that Alabama was losing. This one, believe it or not, um, I could believe that Alabama was going to lose to Clemson just because I thought Clemson was equally talented um, as Alabama. But um, Ohio State, Oregon, two thousand fourteen. Ohio State won that one. <laughs> Alabama, Clemson, fifteen. Alabama won that one, which is uh, a good game for sure. Clemson, Alabama, year. 2016, 35-31. That might be the best one. Or I don't know. I'll bet Georgia last year was pretty good, 26-23, and then Clemson, Alabama. So, I don't know. Yeah, so, we, we had three really good ones in a row right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ohio State-Oregon was 42-20, so not really a good game. And I, I just wasn't excited. I feel like once Ohio State beat Alabama, that wasn't as exciting. Even then, Oregon beat Florida State, that James Winston team, pretty bad. So, it wasn't a good game either. So, I think, um, yeah, it has to be the – I don't know. I think I might – maybe the Alabama-Georgia game last year or the Alabama-Clemson two years ago where Deshaun Watson won on the last play. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, even the first Alabama-Clemson game was just really exciting because I think a lot of people expected Alabama to win that game pretty easily. And, you know, Clemson played really well and Saban had the onside kick and uh, there was a kick return for a touchdown by Kenyon Drake. So, I mean, it was just a really exciting game. The good news is that the championship game is coming back to the South next year um, at, in New Orleans. Mercedes been super dope. So, that could be Alabama Clemson round five. Hopefully, um, I actually would kind of root for different teams to be in it because I'm tired of seeing the same teams, although it would be a good game. You know, they really should just let them play in a regular season so we can see different national championship every year. So, I have a question for you. Uh which team do you think is less likely to make it to the national championship game next season between Alabama and Clemson? Um, I think Alabama is actually going to be a better team, but I think Alabama has a tougher task because I think the SEC is going to be stepping it up next year with A&M is going to be a lot better. Um, LSU is probably still going to be pretty good. <laughs> Auburn's a wild card. You never know with them. And then um, – yeah, those three teams. And then who does Alabama – I don't think they play anybody from the East that they could lose to, but they play an SEC championship, so that's another game. And Yeah, they play at South Carolina and then Tennessee at home, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, they'll lose to Tennessee for sure. Tennessee's for every part. <laughs> uh, especially well, they got Jim Chaney to be their offense coordinator. So. Let, let's, uh, let's, let's take a uh, station break for this one because, um, first of all, we should just be glad that Tennessee finally has offensive coordinator. I thought they were going to go into – you know, what not fall camp, but summer camp and uh, figure out who was going to be calling the plays. They weren't sure yet, but uh, they finally got somebody. Uh, Do they have any coaching search that isn't just totally crazy and like publicly embarrassing? Yeah, but in, in, in fairness to them, they're getting better at this. Last year was like the bar, the worst, and it's definitely better than that. Um, so Jim Chaney coached at Tennessee twice, right, under Kiffin and Dooley, and both had great offenses, um, although both – you could back back up and say that well that was Derek Dooley having being a good offensive coordinator himself or um, Lane Kiffin being a good offensive coordinator himself. So now at Georgia, this is a weird thing because they stole him from Georgia. Quote stole him from Georgia. And this is kind of a hot Twitter debate right now whether Tennessee stole Jim Cheney from Georgia or whether Georgia said, hey, take him and we're not, we're not going to pay him as much as you, so just just have him. I don't really care anyway. 
Yeah, you know, there's always been uh, this kind of weird fan relationship with Jim Chaney. Like, I feel like some people think he's awesome and some people think he's terrible. Like, it's just kind of like there's really not much in between. Um, it's just it's, – it's really, like, crazy to think about. Like, uh, but for some reason, some people just really don't like him. Um, I think he maybe gets a little bit conservative uh, play-calling-wise. I think he gets away from the running game. I think uh, when they're – you know, like if they get behind, he's going to get away from the running game. And, uh, you know, when they're ahead, he gets maybe a little bit too conservative. I think those are kind of like the two, like, knocks on him. But, uh, you know, definitely very accomplished and, you know, did a great job with Jake Fromm and the running game in Georgia. Granted, he had a lot of talent to work with, but that was a really young offensive line this year. And uh, But he did help Jake Fromm kind of take that step from game manager to playmaker this year. And, uh, you know, I'm actually more interested in how this affects Georgia than Tennessee. Uh, personally, it'll be interesting to see what direction they go going forward and how much effect that's going to have on next year's team. You know, people quote or they'll cite um, the Georgia Alabama SEC championship when they're talking about Jim Chaney being conservative and how they had a big lead or whatever it was, two touchdown lead. And they let Alabama come back because Jim Chaney got too conservative on play calling. But really, I mean, I don't think – I mean, I don't really think he, you can blame him for this. I think it's like that's a complete defense. Defense let down and then like the bad I – don't, I don't think I – don't, you, you have to figure out who called the punt, fake punt with Justin Fields there. I don't know who called that, but um, that was a bad play call if it was him. But other than that, I mean, that's, that's just the defense letting up, not Jim Cody on offense. Right, and I would assume that that was on Kirby Smart on the fake punt. I don't think uh, Jim Chaney – was in charge of fake. Was in charge of special teams at all. I'm always kind of. Uh, I'm always kind of curious on offensive coordinator, head coaching, like how it works out for some play calls. Some. Um, specific- yeah. Well, I think I think like key situations, the head coach, like fourth down or, um, you know, stuff like that. I think it's generally come down to the the head coach as far as like whether to go for it or not. But, you know, as far as like the actual play call, I think, in most cases, the coordinator will call a play and the head coach will let it go unless he just really hates it and wants to run something else. For instance, last year when Alabama brought two of out in the second half of the championship game, everybody says like, Oh, that was saving. And I'm assuming it was, but like, what if it was the, um, the coordinator? Dayball. Yeah. What if it's the coordinator? And then like Saban's just like, Hey, shut the fuck up. I made the decision. Not you. <laughs> Don't you think yeah. funny? Well, that was the, the rumor for a long time, not to get off topic here, but, uh, you know, the rumor was that Dayball had been wanting to play Tua for a really long time and Saban just didn't want to because Hertz kept winning and he kept not turning the ball over. Yeah. And, you know, the defense was dominating games and they just needed someone who wasn't going to turn the ball over. But, you know, once they got behind, it seemed like, you know, it was the time to, to make the switch. So, um, uh, well, we'll stay, t- stay on topic for the championship game. Then we'll switch to Georgia because Georgia has a complete – what was it? The complete message next year but they just have a lot of instability right now um not as a program just turnover as a better way of saying it um the national championship game before we even get started talking about the game which we have already talked about a little bit um i really want to know what y'all ate for dinner because you're with jb in memphis i'm assuming you're good <laughs> and i'm still pissed off that baby called me he was eating my girlfriend's pussy instead of actual food <laughs> That was so funny. Like I'm sitting that there, was so perfect. I'm sitting there. Well, you, you know, JB didn't think of that. 
Oh, that's what I was wondering. I'm picturing it, it one of two ways. I'm picturing you, you telling him that, which I guess this would happen, or I'm picturing JB coming up with that on his own and him just, like, dying laughing. No. No, it was, like, me and him were sitting together. Uh, I guess we were watching the game. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, like, we got the text from me in the group chat, like, what did y'all eat? And uh, I actually said uh, another uh, – I said something kind of similar, okay. um, but and more... then he 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 changed it. He changed it to your girlfriend. Okay. But yeah, that was uh, that was pretty funny. I I could tell by the fact that you just didn't even respond that you were kind of upset about it. I was like, "Fuck y'all! I'm not talking about this tonight. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and watch this game." Um, but uh, no, we did eat. We did eat really good. Um, I, you know, we only had. Let's see. How many meals did we have? We had three meals. So two of them are incredibly obvious. We went to Happy Mexican. Um, and I paid $9 for a thing of cheese cheese uh, dip. I don't know how that's even possible. Yeah, people, at, people at Happy Mexican listening, like, I just want you all to know, like, I've done nothing but support you guys for, like, a really long time. A lot of people in Memphis don't like you, but I've always liked you. And I've always stood up for you when people say bad things about you. Who the and fuck doesn't like Happy Mexican? A lot of people, especially like, like older people, like people like, not or like, millennials, people older, but uh, I was anyway. I was telling my, it, it, um, it just it, it's just like after all that, you're gonna charge me nine dollars for a damn queso dip. Like <laughs> I've been here with you, I've been through it with you. Now you're trying to overcharge me. Do you, do you take it on the tip like I would have? <laughs> well no they they freaking they also do the thing where they take their tip out like automatically gratuity like, for two people no there was three of us oh, okay well, that's cool but i but still i mean i mean this still messed up yeah it is i told um i told my girlfriend about a place called happy mexican in memphis and she thought i was lying i was like she thought i was making it up but like, no it's called happy mexican <laughs> And uh, yeah. she figured out when we ran for the St. Jude, she saw like actually having Mexican downtown. I was like, oh no! I was like, yeah, I wasn't lying to you. It's actually called having Mexican. Anyway, so you went to having Mexican one meal. What did, you, what did you eat for the game? Did you eat during the game or before the game? Uh, both actually. <laughs> nice. Well, not like right before the game. Uh, for maybe like around two o'clock on Monday afternoon, we went over to the one and only Central Barbecue. Not one and only barbecue, okay. but the one and only the Central Barbecue. Focus one to you. No, we went to the one on summer. Okay, yeah, JB, JB that's JB's favorite. He actually, yeah, he, he hates he hates the, yeah he hates the one by his apartment because he says that it's not as good as the the other ones. I understand that, but even then, he won't go to the the one on Central. Even though it's about it's probably a little bit closer in the summer, but it's uh it's about might maybe the same distance to Central, like the one on. Uh, anyway, yeah, but yeah, I went there and uh, got a uh, got some barbecue cheese fries. Uh, which is my go-to, and then also got some smoked sausage and some smoked chicken wings with the dry rub. That was Always man. I mean, those those dry rub chicken wings, uh, the smoked wings are so good. I mean, I feel like we've hyped it up like enough on this show, but I just every time I go to Memphis, I have to get it. Like it's so good. Yeah, um, it's definitely good. You know, I've since I went home like three or four times in November since Thanksgiving to Christmas, I was there for so long. I feel like I almost ate central too much, which is crazy, but I ate it like three or four times, um, which is on the edge of like, I want something else, but you have to get something new uh, or different each time. I would think just to freshen up besides the nachos. You have to get the nachos and something else. 
Right. Well, that's the tough thing, too, is that, like, they have so many things in the menu that if you go one time, you're not going to be able to get everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's good if you have, like, five people and everybody gets different things and you share, but we never share, so it's a different story. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's really tough to share with JB because he's real picky, and he just – I don't know. He's always trying to figure out, like – uh, you, you, You're like this, but not quite as bad about food. But he's sitting there, like, calculating, yeah. like, the deals for, like, everything – and it's like he wants to split stuff, but he wants to split stuff that I don't want, and I don't want to share the the thing that I want to get. So it's just like it just doesn't really ever work out with the two of us. We need we need more people there. Yeah, maybe y'all can reevaluate reevaluate your 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 romance. I always try to uh, like get it straightened out like before we get there because <laughs> the same like literally the same thing happens like every time where we don't decide what we want to share until like we're standing in line and like there's someone behind us, like, and you know, it just turns into like this whole thing. And we have to like ask questions like, Hey, can we do this with that and substitute this for that and blah, blah. And it's just, I don't know. It always turns into just a big shit show. Yeah. I did that once. I had everything figured out and the guy at the like register, like, so like, you sure you don't want this instead? I'm like, well, shit, now I do. (laughs) (laughs) I was like making it easy for myself after like thinking about for five minutes. And then he just like said, you want mac and cheese? Like on the side, it would be cheaper and say if you get a combo. I'm like, okay, well, let's do that. He's like, oh, actually, it's it's a little bit more, but there's more food. I'm like, all right, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> Just give me my yeah. But then uh, during the game, I actually mixed it up a little bit and went to a new place that I haven't been to before that we went to at halftime. All right. We were going to go to Cookie Canuck, which yeah. also highly recommend. The place is really good. But uh, there's this place called Freddy's yeah. that's, that's a, on the way. That's a JB move. Right, and it was on the way to uh, Cookie Canuck. The Cookie Canuck is the new name, right? I know it changed names. Yeah, it was Bigfoot Lodge. Yeah, okay. So Cookie Canuck, we were on the way there, and we drove right past Freddy's, and we were just like, hey, why don't we just go there instead? So that way we can take it back, and we don't have to worry about uh, not being able to find a, a seat by the TV to watch the second half. So that's what we did. Went there, and uh, – Got a burger and some cheese curds, and even got a little bit of frozen custard. So it I, was. I don't think they're twenty four seven, but it, it almost seems like it's supposed to be like a better second check, which is what JB is telling you for sure. Right? Yeah, it it sort of is a little bit, um, but yeah, they definitely close because uh, we got there right before they closed. Last time I was, movies, then we went to Freddy's afterwards. <laughs> to be complete fat asses. Yeah, that's what he was saying. I definitely uh, was not surprised to hear that. Yeah, it definitely sounds like something Dalton would do. Yeah, I don't know about about you two. Like, you just seem like you're the kind of person who would rather just eat way too much food at one place. But JB and Dalton are more like they want to go to like two or three different places all at the same time, like one after another. I went to the second place because he was just got the burger and cheese fries, and it wasn't enough. So like, went to Freddy's afterwards. What's funny about Freddy's is we went to Freddy's. Dalton got a milkshake and he drank like half of it, and then he. He brought it up to like the he said it on the counter because he's gonna get a napkin and they threw it away. So he just asked for another milkshake and got completely another milkshake. <laughs> I need to try that sometime. That was actually yeah, a good move. Like, fuck, y'all threw away my milkshake. Come on, that's <laughs> I wasn't done with it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's good. So um, any any beer drinking or no beer drinking after that? Uh, I think I had maybe a, a couple beers um, the night I got there. After we went to have Mexican, we were hanging out with, with Dalton. He graced us with his presence. I was very close to going out to watch the game. But then it was Monday night, and I actually had to work a little bit later than I wanted to. And um, 
I just didn't feel like it. Also, another thing here in Atlanta, it's kind of cool, but it's kind of annoying is how many Alabama fans there are. So it'd be fun to watch the game because there are a lot of people that love or they're into the game, but then Alabama fans are Alabama fans and not really fun to be around all the time. Right, but it is fun to be around Alabama fans when they're losing. They act like the the fall the sky is falling whenever they like lose. Yeah, well, they think it's like their birthright to win like every game. Yeah, and it's just like no, like you can sit here and like lose a game. You know, y'all need to know what it feels like. Yeah, they need to have some five win seasons after um, Saban goes down. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That would be really awesome that if they like missed a bowl game. Can you imagine? Yeah, no, it'd be crazy. Like they're they're gonna fire like three coaches in a row. What would be worse, missing a bowl game or going to like the Independence Bowl in Shreveport? Like, what do you think? Like, because at least if you don't make a bowl game, you don't have like the formality of like play, actually playing in the shitty bowl game. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is Birmingham Bowl SEC bowl? That's like that's my the shittiest bowl. It, it sometimes is and sometimes it isn't. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it just depends on the year. I've always kind of considered uh, the Independence Bowl to be the crown for being, like, the shittiest SEC team. <laughs> it depends It depends who you are as a program. Alabama, yes. Like, you'd probably rather just not go to bowl game. Memphis, you would. Vanderbilt, you would. Tennessee, you would right now. Georgia, you would. Mississippi State, I don't think you would, honestly. Ole Miss would. But um, it's just to each their own thing. But, yeah, it's um, a shitty bowl is a shitty bowl, and that's not fun to watch, really if you're um, a program used to better than that. But anyway, Hole, getting back to the game, um, I knew the game was over at after the pick six. When did you know the game was over? <laughs> uh, a little bit after that. Um, no. I would say to, in the second half um, when they had uh, the long 76-yard touchdown pass or whatever it was, um, to Justin Ross. I think that was – was that right after the fake field goal? Yeah, I think so. I think – yeah. So, that was the point in the game where I was kind of like, all right, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm sold that Clemson's going to win, but if Alabama does win, it's going to be an absolute miracle. What the um, fuck were they thinking of doing on that fake field goal running away? Well, I mean, honestly, like, I haven't heard anyone else say this, but if you watch the play, the dude who made the tackle, if – like, there was someone that was supposed to be blocking him, and he just, like, totally whipped on the block. If he'd have made that block on the dude who made the tackle, like, it actually, like, might have worked. With Matt it was kind of like – it was like one dude just totally didn't make the block he was supposed to make. But they were ready that being said – that yeah, well, that being said, I mean, they definitely were ready for it. But uh, it was still a good play call, I thought. At least the design of it looked like it was going to work. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely – um, an interesting time to go for a fake uh, when everyone knows you're going to try to fake it. And, you know, I think they would have been much better off just going for it. How did they mess up Tua's rhythm? I mean, Tua had a bad game. He had two interceptions, which is un- un- rare, or unreal for him, but very rare. Um, I mean, at first, like, what, 11 games a year, he did really well. And then the last, like, two or three, he's kind of struggled. But why was Tua so rattled in this game? Uh, I mean, I just think that Clemson secondary did a really good job of confusing him. Um, they gave him a lot of different looks, um, and they really mixed up what they had been doing all season. Um, that first pick six was on a uh, like sort of a trap coverage where um, it looked like it was man to man, and the corner came off his man on the outside and covered the flat, and that's how he was able to get the interception. And then um, the other one was a mix up with the receiver uh, Judy, where Tua thought he was going to go deep instead of in. And uh, Clemson just did a really good job of confusing uh, Tua and the receivers 
on those two plays. And, uh, you know, other than that, you know, just like I said, I mean, Alabama moved the ball. It was just uh, once they got into the red zone, they couldn't punch it in. And that's, you know, that's a lot to do with Clemson's defensive line and how talented they are. The pick six Clemson had to start the game. That reminded me a lot of the UCF pick six on LSU um, because it was a one-on-one situation. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure the Alabama receiver fell down. So I think it wouldn't have been as easy to pick six and maybe not even a pick altogether if the receiver was still, you know, fighting for the ball. Yeah, it actually reminded me of the uh, – a little bit different circumstances, but the pick six that the Saints had of uh, Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Yeah when they won their Super Bowl that one year. I mean, obviously, that was, like, later in the game, but it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that, they kind of set the tone. And uh, it, even early in the game, it looked like Alabama was still in control because if you took away, obviously, just, like, you know, the pick six and then they only had, like, one big play on offense, Alabama was pretty much controlling the game. And, you know, they were only down by one point. Um, but then that's when Clemson kind of took the game over. You know, there in the second in the second and third quarters is when they really flex their muscle. You know, right? Yeah, and if you're if you're Clemson or really any team playing Alabama, the I mean, I would say the only way, but the only way I've really seen Alabama lose is a team to come out swinging hard and getting that first big touchdown to get some momentum going. Because I've never seen a team like just come come from behind to beat Alabama. So I just think. Clemson getting that pick six, whether you want to say that's lucky for because the receiver fell down or for whatever reason, um, or if that was great um, defense there. I just think that's the way you would envision Alabama going down or Clemson at least having a chance in the game. And then, you know, after that, they were really just trading blows in the first half till the end of the, you know, end of the first half when Clemson had a bigger lead. But they were trading blows for the first quarter at least. Right, I totally agree. And uh, the narrative has always been. Uh that you need a dual threat quarterback to beat Alabama. I'm not sure that that is really the truth. I think uh, the thing that kind of gets overlooked is what beats Alabama a lot of the time is really big physical receivers who can beat man-to-man coverage and can make acrobatic catches over the defender and a quarterback who just gets really hot. I mean, honestly, like if you're going to put up points in Alabama, that's, that's what they need to happen and uh that's exactly what Clemson had Justin Ross had a huge game the Alabama native and true freshman um just an absolute monster game and obviously Trevor Lawrence was just you know he he had a few missed throws early in the game but for the most part he was you know putting the ball right where it needed to be yeah um I was to say that Clemson um Exposed Alabama's weaknesses. They they did, and I mean, dual threat quarterbacks have trouble, like you were saying in the past. And but it really is, um, especially this specific year, because Alabama's weakness was the secondary. Um, you had a good quarterback who could throw the ball on target to receiver, who yes was in fact very physical. But not only that, just, Alabama's secondary was probably the weakest part of their whole team this year, and Clemson exposed it and went right after it, which. What would you expect him to do with Trevor Lawrence? I mean, that's who's going to win the game anyway. So, what they should have done, and they just executed really well, um, took advantage of Alabama's weakness on the secondary. Right, and you know that's that was the main concern coming into the year. But uh, you thought that by this point in the season they would have it all straightened away. Um, you know that Patrick Sertan Jr., the guy that um, gave up a few big plays in the 
game against Oklahoma, gave up a few more big plays in this game. Um, you know, he's a five-star true freshman. And, you, you know, you just think that by this point in the season, he would be, you know, out there making plays. And they just haven't really been, um, you know, I don't want to say – I don't want to, like, blame the coaching or on the defensive side. I don't know if that's, like, the reason for that or not. But they just haven't gotten better as the season's gone on. And for whatever reason – no team that's played Alabama this year has had the personnel to really take advantage of it. You know, you thought that maybe Ole Miss could, um, and obviously they had the long touchdown in the first play of the game, but after that, you know, Alabama pretty much shut them down. So, you know, it looked like they had their secondary problems figured out, but, you know, in the playoff, it really started to show that uh, that's not necessarily a great unit. And even in the SEC championship game as well, you know, Jake Fromm throwing for over 300 yards in that game. So, you know, it's just – it's one of those things that they have to get better. That, I mean, I'm sure they they will get better. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked about Clemson secondary struggles, but in the two playoff games they were lights out. You know what I mean? They were great. Um, and even though they had struggled mightily a few times in the regular season. So, uh, you know, I think that has a lot to do with coaching. I think that has a lot to do with the two defensive coordinators. And, uh, you know, that's something that we tweeted about – and um, has been talked about a little bit is, you know, Brett Venables has been at Clemson for who knows how long now. And Alabama's on their third or fourth defensive coordinator, or I guess their third defensive coordinator in the last, you know, four or five years with Curry Smart moving on and then Jeremy Pruitt. And now Tosh Lupoy may, you know, I, again, I'm not trying to put it all on him. I mean, obviously there's plenty of blame to go around, but I definitely feel like he, maybe isn't quite on that same level as Kirby Smart and Jerry Pruitt as far as being a defensive coordinator goes. And I think the lack of improvement in Alabama secondary is uh, kind of evidence of that. Yeah, I guess what you're saying. But again, it is just one game that is under a huge microscope. So, um, yeah, I mean, their entire year, I guess they really haven't had – they haven't had the issue of, like, being forced to play great defense. They've just scored 50 points every game. So – um, they just blow out other teams. I mean, they they have played pretty good defense throughout the year, um, just the last two games. And and maybe it is just a talent a talent disparity from the last few years too. I mean, I don't. They're just not as talented um, as they have been in the past. And I mean, they're still really talented, but they you know they're not elite at every level like they usually are. You know, they don't have a uh, Rolando McLean, Reggie Ragland in the middle. They don't have, you know, obviously Kenan Williams is an elite player at nose guard, but, you know, outside of him, it's a lot of good but not great, I would say. You know, you don't have that dominant linebacker. Like I said, you don't have that lockdown corner. You know, they, they have two really good safeties um, that play really well, but the cornerbacks in particular um, have really, you know, hurt them. In the last three games of the season, honestly, it's just that they, they won the first two of those games, so it kind of got overlooked, but – once they lost to Clemson, you know, now it's kind of more people are starting to pick up on it. So you're saying uh, Saban should call Kirby to – Kirby, come back home. <laughs> come on back home. We'll treat you right here. You know what's funny yeah. is um, here in Georgia or Atlanta, um, the people more claim Atlanta than Georgia. But uh, people here have been saying that, um, you know, it's because Kirby, Kirby Smart is a great, great coach, but people are – been kind of restless of them not executing this year and losing to Texas and not finishing off Alabama like they should have. But, you know, this all these NFL head coaching jobs come open and then 
Kirby Smart's name gets thrown around there. I don't know if that's actually serious or just his agent, which I think is Sexton, throwing his name around. And everybody's like, oh, don't you, don't you, don't leave us. We need you. We love you. <laughs> right. So, well, that's, I mean, that's how it is. Yeah. But um, it will be a fun next year, I think. Hold, are you ready for the offseason already? No. I hate the offseason. Did you and um, JB have a good crowd together? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's just, you know, it's just depressing. Like, honestly, the season always goes by so fast and it takes so long to come back around again. Um, you know, we just don't really get a whole lot of college football uh, throughout the year. And uh, when we do, it seems like it's all happening at once and it's all happening so fast. And uh, it's just sad that we don't have any games to look forward to. I mean, you know, the next college football game is not going to be until, what, like August? So Yeah, you also – and I think Clemson is actually opening up the year um, next year. I'm not positive on that. I, th- I heard on the radio, but, you know, I feel like our radio people just try to give me hype, hype in the morning, wake up and listen to them. <laughs> so I really don't know for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, difference between me and you is I-, I like college football too, but I get excited about basketball and you don't really get excited. You get excited about baseball, but not basketball. And I don't really know if like, baseball for you compares to college football. But nonetheless, I'm still a little sad college football is over. But I am – kind of ready for a slight break from it and then get back to it about June is where I really start to miss college football. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, for me, like I do really much enjoy baseball and uh, you know, I love opening day and I love kind of like the first half of the season up until like the all-star game, like the trade deadline. But then after that, it's kind of like, all right, like are the playoffs going to start yet? And then it's like, you know, the second half of the regular season is just such a drag. And then they have the playoffs, like, you know, once college football starts. So it's kind of a, you know, you got to do, you know, do a little bit of juggling act. Um, or it can be kind of a, uh, you know, best of both worlds for someone like me who really likes both sports and can kind of just have, like, a sports blowout there for a few weeks when the playoffs are going on. But, yeah, I'm not like you and JB where I can watch basketball too much. I mean, I'll watch – a little bit of college, um, but not really any NBA. And, um, you know, I guess I'm just not going to be able to do anything until March Madness. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i so excited right now because it's playoffs. Even though it's how you turn it, it's still going to be fun playoffs, I think. so. Yeah, it should be. And, uh, you know, I'll watch a little bit of that as well. I do enjoy uh, the NFL playoffs, but it's just not the same as college. True, true that. Um yeah, so the only other thing I would want to bring up is Georgia. Now, they're, are they even going to be a top 25 team with all this turnover? <laughs> yeah, I still I still think they're going to be all right. I'm, I'm really interested to see who they hire to be their offensive coordinator. Um, you know, and assuming they can keep Sam Pittman, their offensive line coach, someone we talk about a lot, Yeah, um, doesn't really get the respect he deserves nationally. But if you look at his paycheck, you know, he's definitely uh, he's definitely making a lot of money, and it's not because – you know, he's not important. So uh, they have a really, really big talented offensive line that was really young this year and really banged up, and they still were able to run the ball at will. Um, and their running backs are going to be absolutely loaded next year. Obviously, they, uh, Holyfield does move on, but they bring back Jondre Swift. And, uh, you know, they got that five-star they recruited last year who's going to be back um, healthy after towards ACL, and then they're bringing in a couple more uh, really highly recruited running back. So it's going to be a really fun offense. And obviously, you know, I didn't even mention Jake Fromm coming back for his junior season. Um, expect a big year out of him. So uh, it's going to be 
you know, I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, I think the defense is going to be a little bit better next year as well. But uh, I am interested to see who they hire. This will be the true test of Kirby Smart to see how he can handle all of this turnover because one one of the most underappreciated um, aspects or skills, talents of Nick Saban is to replace everybody <laughs> every single year, like offensive, defensive players going going pro, leaving early, going pro, and then coordinators getting hired because everybody thinks that uh, Alabama coordinator is going to be the next next Nick Saban, but um, they're don't always turn out to be but right no that's true and um that's something that Dabba really hasn't had to deal with a whole lot obviously he lost Chad Morris um early on but he's been able to bounce back from that I don't know what's going to happen once he loses Brett Venables um but and then you know looking at Georgia losing Mel Tucker now so anytime you're one of those really successful programs you're going to lose coordinators that's just how it is um so it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, kind of absorb that the same way that Saban has. But uh, I do want to talk just a little bit about uh, Cheney to Tennessee and how that affects Tennessee because um, I feel like we kind of just went – we just glossed over that and went straight to Georgia. But, uh, I mean, is this something that you think is going to be the difference or is this kind of just like uh, Tennessee fans getting really excited for no reason? Or, like, how do you Is Cheney like 87 years old? Because he's been with Tennessee a couple of times and he he ain't young is all I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't – I'm not really sure how old he is either, but didn't he coach, like, uh, Drew Brees, like, when he was at Purdue? Isn't that, like, his I think he coached Archie fan? Manning. Let's see. Probably. Let's see his – oh, God, Lord. Man, we're way off. Um, Jim Chaney is 56 years old. Good Lord. He did He did coach at Purdue in 2002-2005, which sounds like Drew Brees. Um, but, see, here's the one thing. Um, he, had a, he had a good sense of Tennessee – um and uh, even Georgia, I think, is pretty pretty good. But um, that whole Arkansas thing was just weird to me, and him going to Pittsburgh. I mean, even then, like it's funny because whenever you're bringing a new coordinator or head coach, you always talk about their positive things, and somehow he gets mentioned with Nathan Peterman for Pittsburgh. You know, he's only there for a year, and I guess Peterman turned out to be an NFL player, which is still very surprising that he is, in fact, an NFL player at this point in time. But um, he still is like, oh, that's, that's my point of success. I coached Drew Brees and Nathan Peterman. <laughs> the best quarterback in the NFL and the worst quarterback <laughs> yeah. in the NFL. Coach both yeah. of them. Uh, but, yeah, that was, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting hire, to say the least. Who would you um, hire? You know, I know – well, I mean, that's it. I mean, if it was me and I could hire anyone, um, as far as the people who became coordinators, it would have been Kendall Browse at Florida State. Um, I think that's the guy I would have gone after personally, but you know, that may not have worked out. They may have wanted him, but at the same time, I mean, I don't think it's a bad hire at all. Um, I think it's a very stable hire. He definitely knows what he's doing. And, um, if Jeremy Pruitt recruits as well as he has been and gets the defense to the level that Jeremy Pruitt's defenses play at, then, um, I think, uh, Jim Cheney may be a really good fit there. Um, you know, it's just I don't. He's not going to have as much talent as he did at Georgia, so I don't expect him to be that productive, or to that extent like Georgia was this year. Um, but you know, I mean, it's kind of a, uh, it's one of those things like you just never really know with coaching hires. Some of them work out great, and some of them don't. Even the ones that look like they're going to be great end up not being great, and some of the ones that you know, sometimes you, you know, hire your receivers coach to be your 
head coach and everyone thinks it's stupid and then he ends up winning two national championships. He so. is in fact one and oh at Tennessee in two thousand twelve. So he is undefeated. Um you know who he beat? Uh did did he he was an interim Dude. coach when well, I guess yeah. Dilly got fired? Was it – I mean, I guess it was Vanderbilt. Well, it's weird. I guess they, they, they switched the schedule one point there because it was Kentucky. Vanderbilt was the second-to-last game. Oh. <laughs> that was back when uh, Kentucky was the Kentucky we all know, which now okay. Kentucky is an interesting question, which I'll, I'll say for the next podcast that you and JB will uh, get excited and talk talk about was if Kentucky is going to be good next year, if they can sustain it. Because that will be an interesting point to see how – they can sustain it. And Mark Stoops finally got his ass off the hot seat. Now he's cooling down a little bit. Maybe he's got some got some um, momentum behind him. We'll see. Um, the, the interesting thing about Jim Chaney is, um, I don't know if I would have hired him. Uh, I definitely think that he's better than Tyson Helton. I didn't like him at all. Um, but I think what I'm most excited to see about him is how um, Garantano develops under him. Because Garantano – was like the number two dual threat quarterback coming out of high school, and he should be a lot better than he is, and he just hasn't done well. And I don't know if you want to blame that on coaching instability, no playmakers, no offensive line, whatever you want to blame it on. But Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the offensive line and the running game, I think, were their main problems this year. Um, you know, we saw uh, we saw in person how well they can be at, at the – or how well they can play at the receiver position. They have a couple really talented players, Jawan Jennings and uh, Callaway. Um, it was just – to me, it was the running game, complete lack of running game. I'm not sure if it was all in the offensive line or all in the running backs, but it was definitely not there. And hopefully that's something that Jim Chaney can bring over from Georgia is, uh, you know, just a little bit more consistency on the offensive line, a little more consistency in the running game. Because I think that uh, if they're able to run the ball, um, then that's going to free up a lot of opportunities in the passing game. And Garantano definitely showed what he's capable of. Um but it's just he can't stay upright. He's getting hit too much. And uh, I think it's kind of hard to be consistent when uh, when you're hurt and getting hit constantly and your team can't One thing's for sure is he ain't no bitch. Definitely not. Is that from like a TV no, show or something? It's from, or it's just from Bullshit up? Point is what it's from. But, uh, uh, cool. I was just wondering because the way you said it, uh, I thought maybe you were saying like it was a quote and you were wanting me to pick up from on Fresh it. Prince of so I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember. I remember when uh, when Jeffrey said that, that <laughs> in like good. his British accent, he is not no bitch, <laughs> Master <laughs> William. <laughs> uh, um, I was gonna say about Garantano, uh, besides him not being a bitch, um, I really, really don't remember. But um, yeah, we. Sh- I'm sure it was we important. We shall see how Garantano does and Tennessee's offense next year. It'll be exciting. Um, heads up, uh, previews for next year. Can you believe previews are already coming in January of this year for next year? I, I mean, college football never sleeps. I yeah, mean, well, what do you want? It's either do previews or play Red Dead Redemption 2, right? That's right. I'm ready for this podcast. Here, so I can keep playing. <laughs> I've got it. I've literally got it on pause right now. And like literally as soon as we end this. I'm just going to go right back to playing it. I'm fishing right now. I'm trying to catch a legendary fish. <laughs> the life, the life right there. Um, all right. Well, I think that is, in fact, the end of our podcast. 
thanks for listening uh, to us this inaugural season. Um, we're going to do some big things for the next year's podcast. Um, also, even excited about who's telling us about it today. Oh, it's going to be so much better. SEC Slow Smoke Podcast 2.0 coming to you live in the next year. So until then, we'll see you later. Peace.